The Bible says, be not deceived. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. All right, it's 4 p.m. on Wall Street. Do you know where your money is? Welcome to Financial Issues, where we align reality with truth. Conservative talk radio you can count on. Financial issues that you need to know. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. We will simply apply to government the common sense that we all use in our daily lives. Analyzing markets and financial news, this is Financial Issues Week in Review. Well, good morning. Welcome to Financial Issues. We are here live today. If you're listening during the week at 8 a.m. Central, 9 Eastern Time, if you're maybe listening on a Saturday on an AFR station, we want you to know that we run the program live every day, even though we're not on the, the, the regular AFR stations anymore. We are live on our website, our phone app, and lots of social media Platforms. So we hope that if you like what you're hearing today, you will hop on over to one of those other platforms when the show is live and become part of our interactive program. So in kind of a recap for the week, it's been a little bit of a slow economic news week, but we are at the tail end of earnings season and revenue performance. This is where companies, publicly traded companies report their quarterly results. So this happens four times a year. The season is kind of extended. A lot of earnings happen in the in the very beginning of earnings season, but we're at the tail end of it now with the retailers. And over the last week, we have seen things go in line with the trend for this earnings season, which is an increase in earnings, of course, because uh, companies are mostly able to pass along the inflation that they're experiencing in wages and raw material cost onto the consumer, but profit margins are shrinking for lots of companies. So far, well, at the end of last week, 68% of companies have reported actual earnings or bottom line estimates, uh, earnings above estimates which is below the percentage of the five-year average and below the 10-year average. So a little bit less stellar performance that we're seeing. We're seeing the the shock of the rate hikes that we experienced last year and that are continuing to work their way through the economy. Um, several factors have caused inflation. So there's there's lots of things and you hear, you see lots of finger pointing and um, who's to blame for all of the inflation that we're seeing. Well, the truth of the matter is there are several components to that. You know, the lockdown that we had as a, res- as a response to the pandemic when we didn't know um, in the early days exactly what was happening, um, you know, what the real risk was and the severity and what the impacts were going to be. So we had a supply chain shock that resulted from that because businesses shut down. People weren't working, goods weren't being produced, but people were still continuing in their same habits as a consumer, still buying things. So the Ukraine invasion also played a small part, but if you listen to the Biden administration for a long period of time, they tried to blame all of this inflation on Putin, calling it the Putin price hike, which isn't really representative of what actually happened. 
A strong labor market and rising wages have also resulted from low labor participation rates. It took a long time to get people back to work because of all of the stimulus that was injected in the economy. In many cases, it made more sense for someone to sit at home and collect government assistance rather than going back to their job. And, you know, when it comes down to it, people have to make decisions based on what's best for their family. So we got the final look at last year's wage increases. Unit labor costs in the U.S. for non-farm business sector increased at an annualized 3.2% rate for the fourth quarter of 2022. Now, that was more than three times faster than the initial uh, reported number of around 1%, but... Even though it's three times higher, it's really good news when you put it in perspective because it has slowed from an upwardly revised 6.9% in the previous period. That's big. Year-on-year labor costs were up 6.3%. If you compare that to 2022, unit labor costs advanced by 6.5%, so good to see it down to 6.3 after a 2.4% increase in 2021. So you saw... Uh, Labor costs go up exponentially from 2.4% in 2021 to 6.5% in 2022. So this is the smallest increase in labor costs since the first quarter of 2021, and it reflects a 4.9% increase in hourly compensation. The bad news? While wages may not be keeping up with inflation because inflation has been rising faster than wages, and if if inflation still continues to go up and wages don't, that's going to create a problem in consumer spending or more of a problem, I guess. It's, we're just starting to see that. The good news is that it could cause the Fed to take a breather in their breakneck pace of raising interest rates and let some of the, what they've already done work its way through the economy and be reflected in the numbers. Because this is even a bit of an old number. This uh, number that I just reported is a January number. Now, to sum it up, the disinflation trend is still happening but maybe not as fast as we or the Fed would like. Now, disinflation is not deflation where prices actually come down. It's just a slowing in the rate of rising prices. The biggest culprit for inflation, all the money that the government has injected into the system by both the Trump and the Biden administration, but Biden's Injection, You know, he just couldn't be outdone by the stimulus that was passed and signed under the Trump administration. So he added $1.9 trillion in the American Rescue Plan and injected that into the economy after the economy was already recovering. So what exactly did we need to be rescued from? Just to put this in perspective, let's start with a million dollars. This is to help you get a visualization of all the money that's been injected into the economy. If we imagine a block of $10,100 bills and it fits into a suitcase, then a thousand of these suitcases would give us a billion dollars. That's the size of a small pool. 
And that's what you see right next to the statue, or that's what you see right next to the Statue of Liberty, to put that in perspective. And then those bars that you see coming out there, that is the COVID injection of money into our economy. So the very last one happened in March under the Biden administration. That was the $1.9 trillion, And that just added to what, what had already been injected into the economy. It was not needed, in my opinion. So we injected a total of $4.6 trillion into the economy for COVID. Not to mention all the money that was spent at the stroke of the executive pen, like the student loan forgiveness program that is actually being challenged in, in, in the Supreme Court right now. But Republican and Democratic lawmakers, bipartisan effort here, trying to put a stop to the inflation. That's a new term. I bet that's going to catch on. Um by, by passing a law. So they're trying to stop his uh, reckless spending. The House passed the Rain In Inflation Act with a bipartisan vote of 272 to 148. 59 Democrats joined with Republicans in voting for the bill while four Republicans voted against the measure. So it may not see the light of day because now it has to go to the Democratic-controlled Senate, but perhaps they can muster up some bipartisan support there. And then it goes to the president's desk. Wonder if he'll sign it. So i got a little bit more to talk about on that. So we're going to take a short break here and hear the music coming up. And we're going to come back with more financial issues. So don't go anywhere. We're also going to get to your calls and questions. If you like what you're hearing right now, you're going to love going to the website FISM.TV. Keep listening to this show right here and right now, but later when you're done, go visit our website. It's FISM.TV to learn more about this show and plenty more. It's important to be prepared for the future, so we invest now to be responsible and ensure our financial future. But what many of us don't know is that how we invest just might be dishonoring to our Lord and Savior. There are companies that you could be investing in that support pornography, gambling, abortion, human trafficking, and other things that God detests. Invest with integrity. Invest biblically with the Timothy Plan. American Family Association President Tim Wildman. Why does AFA exist? Well, we're here to inform, equip, and activate individuals and families to transform the culture. We want to make an impact on our country for Christ. That's the reason my dad, Don Wildman, started this ministry 40-plus years ago. Dad was concerned about the direction America was headed, and he was determined to do something about it. Maybe that describes you today. If it does, I want to strongly encourage you to consider a charitable gift annuity to American Family Association Foundation. This will benefit you, and it will ensure that we stay in the fight for a long, long time to come. That's the AFA Foundation. Call the AFA Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. Did you know that an average 1.2 million babies are aborted each year? 
Listen, we have an opportunity at Financial Issues to change that, and we're doing it. Tens of thousands of lives have been saved because of Financial Issues listeners just like you. For $140, you could save the lives of five babies. All $140 goes to the Pregnancy Center to sponsor ultrasounds. 80% of the time, these ultrasounds will change the mind of a young lady that is considering abortion to choose life. Would you join us in the fight against the atrocity of abortion? I hope that you'll go to preborn.org or call pound 250. The keyword is baby when you're asked. Preborn.org. That's preborn.org. FISM News is a conservative news source with a biblical worldview. With us, you get just the news grounded in truth. And now, with the new FISM TV app, it's even easier to take FISM News with you wherever you go, so you're never behind on what's happening. Not only are FISM News articles updated regularly throughout the day, but you can now easily access and read them right from your smartphone. And with just a few taps, you can share stories with friends through messages, email, or social media. Also, you can conveniently watch or listen to The Daily Show on demand and even go back to see recent broadcasts. Coming soon, you'll be able to download the podcast version of the news for offline use. So go ahead and visit your app store, download the new FISM TV app, and start exploring this engaging, educational, Christ-centered content today. Now, back to Financial Issues Week in Review. Well, welcome back to Financial Issues. So right before the break, you heard me talking about a... um, a bill that is passed in the the House of Representatives is now moving to the Senate. We'll see if it sees the light of day, but it's called the Rain in Inflation Bill, and it is an effort to stop the reckless spending of the Biden administration, putting a limit on what how much money he can spend with his pen by creating executive orders. Now, the House Financial Services Committee Chairman, Patrick McHenry, said this, rising prices continue to make everyday life unaffordable for families and workers across America, from the student loan scam to limiting domestic energy production to regulatory overload. President Biden's reckless executive actions have fueled the financial pain that is being felt now, in refute to that, the brilliant economist, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, was no, was among the Democratic lawmakers who spoke in opposition to the bill, and she argued that elevated spending during the pandemic helped avert an economic crisis aided by uh, many families struggling and aided many fam- families struggling to get by. Um, you know, she's. I think she's really against anything that will stop the reckless spending of the progressive agenda of the left. So unlike government programs, um, spending programs, you hear me talk about that a lot, the, the really irresponsible way that they handle money. If you want to invest in some income with a great purpose, you can check out the AFA charitable gift annuity. You can get to it from our page at financialissues.org and then click over there. It's a way to make a permanent gift to the good work of the AFA Foundation 
and to get an income in return for it. So you get to carve out a piece of your estate for kingdom purposes, but you still get the use of those assets in the form of a permanent income. And it also comes with a tax deduction for just like most giving does. Um, It's a little bit different than the giving that you just do in cash, but it is a great benefit. So we hope that you will check that out if you are on the hunt for some great fixed income as part of your portfolio. Well, I think the market's going to be really trading in kind of a a sideways um, movement, at least until we get more inflation data out in a couple of weeks and the... um, the Fed decision at the end of this month. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch, but if you're a member of the Financial Issues family, if you're a partner with us here and you're using our strategy to manage a biblically responsible portfolio, you are not really concerned about what's happening in the short term. We're keeping an eye on it because we're we're looking at the short-term data because short-term data develops longer-term trends. And that's what we're um, trying to assess here in the ministry as we formulate our asset allocation models and our stock list. So if you are a partner of the ministry, um, it's just $85 a year to do that. When you become a partner, you get access to our asset allocation models that you can use to manage your own biblically responsible portfolio with the use of our buy list that is uh, published there on our website. You will also get alerts if there is a reason that you should sell one of the stocks that maybe in your portfolio, because either they fall off the wagon and start to get become woke and get engaged in the culture war and spend shareholder money on things that are not aligned with our values as Christian, you'll get an alert that it's time to sell that company. You'll also get an alert if we um, see that there's some longer term problem with a company and um, it's no longer good to hold anymore. So you get those alerts via email, and you also get to participate in a monthly uh, partner conference call where you'll hear uh, me share with the partners some of the things that I don't necessarily say on the air all the time. So, um, And you'll also get updates about the ministry. And if you're a, a monthly soldier, that's a, a great way to keep up with your investment in the ministry because, you know, this is a ministry. We are here. Our our mission here is to expose Jesus for all he is, all he means, and all he can do, and to help you put Christ first in in your portfolio. So that's our mission here. We hope that you'll find out more about our ministry at financialissues.org. Well, let's get to some calls. I think we've got time to hear from Victor in California. Hi, Victor. Oh, hi, hi, hi. I was, I was telling uh, Dana, uh, sorry, I was, I was telling uh, Darlene, you know, just to turn on the radio and listen to the sound of your voice, uh, Shana, it's like the bomb of Gilead. No kidding. You know, <laughs> you know when Dan went away, some of us, some of us felt like orphans. But then you came along and we don't feel like orphans anymore. Long Thank you for short, that encouragement. A couple of years ago, I called Dan. I think you were there, and you may actually remember this. And we were we were raising money for a young pastor who is raising four little girls. And one of them was born with a heart defect. You may remember. I think you were there. Anyways, Dan, per Dan's recommendations, we we came. We put together twenty five thousand dollars, and it's been in a eternity plan ever since. 
per dam's recommendations as follows. 10% Israel fund, 20% fixed income, 40% large mid-cap growth, and 30% large mid-cap value. And I, I remember Dan said something about a aggressive index, something he said, uh, zero being very conservative, 10 being very risky. He said this would be between five and six. Uh, a, lot of, a lot has changed since then. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, do you have, is the spread good today, or do you, do you have any recommendations, or what do you think? Remind me, what is the purpose for the money and the time frame in which you plan to use it? would be for the for the little girls it's not for their they have different plans for their college and this that and the other but generally uh for the you know for their future the oldest is uh 15 i believe and the youngest is uh three okay and you know what is what is the time time frame for for the use of it is it if it's not for college is it for something beyond that uh, something beyond it's it's uh, Dan said don't put it in the name of of the girls themselves kids put it in the pastor's name it's it's a backup uh, it's a security I don't know what do you call it uh, just just future future okay. use or so what I would say is that if there's any any possibility that you'll use part of it in less than five years I would shift more of it into um, you know, the fixed income and out of the large and mid-cap growth. But if it's, you know, if the time horizon is beyond, you know, um, eight to 10 years, then I would say that the, the mix is still good. We've got John. John's calling from Alabama. Hi, John. Hello, Shannon. Uh, we're partners and we're in the 65 and over and we're getting about $4,800 a year in dividends on $193,000. Now, I need to be graded on that. And <laughs> Now, the Timothy plan uh, funds are not included in the dividends. I don't know why they won't give an amount, uh, but that's the way it is. Okay. And, okay. Well, if my quick math was right, then your yield is about uh, right at 2.5%. So I think that's a pretty decent yield. The S&P... Uh, yield has been around 1.7%. So you're doing um, almost double what the uh, S&P has done. So I think you're doing a good job there. That means that what that tells me is that you're you're following the strategy. So if you compare your portfolio to the S&P 500, the S&P 500 is made up of about 40% is between two sectors. That's healthcare and technology. It might be a little bit lower now with uh, technology taking such a beating. But if you're following our strategy, you've got probably um, – less than 8% in healthcare and technology. And those are the things that have really taken a beating. So um, focusing more on other sectors, uh, having a diversified portfolio, but diversified much differently than what the market looks like is, is what's giving you that high yield. So I think that you're doing pretty good. Okay, good. I, I mean, our pie is not complete, so we still got uh, a ways to go, but we are retired. And I just 
hey, I just wanted to know <laughs> something that I knew you were the one to ask. And we have monies and CDs and stuff like that as other monies too. So thank okay. you very much. I appreciate that. Well, good. And John, are you, on this. Yeah, are you using the portfolio tracker? Yes, ma'am. Good. Yes, ma'am. So, Unless those CDs are what you would consider your emergency money, you don't want to put any emergency money uh, included as part of your portfolio on that tracker. But if you do consider them part of the overall portfolio, I would I would list them on the tracker. That's going to give you a more accurate picture. So, um, and it sounds like you've got more money to allocate. So there's a possibility that your yield could even go up from there. Yeah, that would put us over. We have about 50,000 in CDs uh, and we still have emergency money on top of that in just a regular savings account. Uh, yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. I, okay. I just want to know about the percentages. I mean, I don't, you know, I, who do I compare it to? I don't know anybody down in this area. We don't have a radio station to listen to, just you on the TV. So, didn't have no I have no one to ask but you. So thank you very much. <laughs> we are exploring other avenues. So we're hoping to get live in more markets. Yeah, no one here has heard of uh, FISM, so it's kind of hard to talk to them about it. I hear you. Well, good. Maybe you can share um, the treasure that you found with some of your other other friends and family who would, you know, probably be convicted if they heard about biblically responsible investing because you know it really is a conviction of the heart and the very first time that I heard of it I had I had been in the business for you know more than a decade and never had heard of it it had been around for a while I had just never heard of it so um, once once you hear the truth though it stirs in your spirit and I think just um, I know for me anyway, I can't get peace until I know that I'm in obedience to what the Lord is asking me to do. So we're glad that you found the phone app, and we hope that you'll share it with more people. Yes, ma'am. Thank you very much. Have a blessed day. Thanks, John. Well, folks, I hear the music, so that means that we're going to be taking a short break, and then we're going to come back with more financial issues. We've got some callers in the queue, so we will get right to those questions as soon as we come back. All throughout the red light district in India, women are trapped in a cycle of survival through prostitution. But they're not alone. Their children are there, hiding in back alleys, under a bed, or asleep in a room not far from the drugs and brothels outside. Five million of these children are trapped in the red light districts of India, at a high risk of being abused or used in the trade themselves. But India Partners has made a way for you to rescue these children and relocate them to a safe, clean home in a safe neighborhood where not only their physical needs will be provided for, but they'll be introduced to the love of Jesus. And hopefully, with these resources, both the child and their mother can escape the sex trade and start a new life outside the red light district. Just $62 will provide a week of safety for one of these children, and $275 will provide for a whole month. Visit indiapartners.org to see how your gift can reach into the red light district and provide days of safety for one of these 5 million children. 
It's important to be prepared for the future, so we invest now to be responsible and ensure our financial future. But what many of us don't know is that how we invest just might be dishonoring to our Lord and Savior. There are companies that you could be investing in that support pornography, gambling, abortion, human trafficking, and other things that God detests. Invest with integrity. Invest biblically with the Timothy Plan. Thank you for your services, and I just want to call to encourage everybody listening to become members. At Financial Issues Stewardship Ministries, our goal is to help Christians make financial decisions that honor God. I have never found anyone in the finances, even Christians, who have this passion and and the honesty that you have. You're not taking anything in. It is incredibly generous of you what you're doing. Go to financialissues.org and become a partner today. Securities offered through G.A. Reppel & Company, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. Opinions expressed by Shanna are hers alone and are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily represent those of G.A. Reppel or the outlet on which you are listening. You should consider how the information applies to your situation prior to personally implementing it and consult any financial professional you work with to make sure it's applicable to your financial plan. Well, good morning. Welcome back to Financial Issues. Shifting gears just a little bit, you know, we are a financial stewardship ministry. So one way that you can be a good financial steward in the realm of your health care cost is by considering becoming a member of Samaritan Ministries. They operate a health sharing program that replaces traditional insurance. And here today with us, we've got Joel Noble. He is the Director of Public Policy at Samaritan Ministries to talk to us about some really interesting things that are happening on the healthcare front. Hi, Joel. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me on. It's always so interesting when you come on. Now, you've been really busy representing health freedom on the legal front. Can you tell us a little bit more about um, what's happening here, what's going on with the health sharing world from a legal perspective? Yeah. So there's a few bills um, out there, what we call safe harbors. And that is to clarify that we're not insurance in a state insurance code. Because uh, as you mentioned, we're a biblical approach, to, uh, biblical alternative to insurance uh, to meet healthcare needs. So uh, often insurance regulators um, might try to regulate us like insurance. And that would ultimately destroy the ministerial nature of what we do. So in 31 states, we've been able to clarify in their state code that we're not insurance. So uh, we're looking at that in a few other states uh, to get that expanded. Uh, One other thing in terms of stewardship, uh, state of Georgia has a bill, uh, House Bill 284, and that would allow our members to be able to deduct their shares on their state income tax. Uh, Currently, Missouri allows that, and we're looking to expand that in other states so that folks can take advantage of that. That's good stuff. Well, what about Colorado? We've been hearing news about legislation there that could severely harm health-sharing organizations. What can you tell us about what's going on in Colorado? Yeah. So on the opposite end, on the not-so-good front, um, last year Colorado passed what they called a data reporting bill and uh, to collect um, lots of information about healthcare sharing. And if it was just reporting data, that would be um, probably okay. I mean, we're transparent with all the states. Many states reach out to us. 
outside of having to pass the law and just ask how many members we have, ask for our audit, all those things we're more than happy to supply. The issue with Colorado is um, they made it mandatory and they also made it to the Department of Insurance. And so the problem is now the Department of Insurance has their fingers into uh, <laughs> into <Imagine> us. That. <laughs> um, and uh, that's always a slippery slope. And uh, we warned that in our testimony and then uh, all the ministries um, filed in December for the first time, and that was after much delay because they had to keep passing emergency rules to try to figure it out. Um, not long after we filed, nearly all of us, I think all of us, got a response saying that it was deficient and we'd not given them enough info. And they asked a lot of extra statutory things that weren't even in the law, asking follow-ups. Uh, we complied just to, you know, stay in their good graces, uh, but it was exactly what we warned. Um, you know, not to make light of it, but it was sort of like, you know, if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to want a glass of milk. <laughs> and uh, that's exactly what happened. Uh, as soon as we give them info, they want more info. And the fear is eventually that's going to come into, why aren't you sharing for abortion? Why aren't you sharing for transgender? Why aren't you doing X, Y, and Z? And uh, eventually to try to paint us in a bad light. And so that's a concern. Um, and so we're trying to hold that off in other states. Yep. So that was my next question. And you kind of touched on that right there. You know, why is Big Brother so interested in what's happening in healthcare ministries? Because, you know, I think it's really the job of the body of Christ to come together and to take care of each other in this way. The government, you know, has a should have a much smaller role in our daily lives. So why, why are health sharing ministries coming under attack? Yeah. So I think there's two different different reasons. One of them, uh, a more charitable reason, is that uh, in the past there has been some bad actors. Uh, there was one pretty bad actor was actually a for-profit insurance company that started a so-called healthcare sharing underneath of them. And according to the court documents I've seen, that for-profit was taking 80% of the shares coming in and only leaving 20% for sharing. Oh, wow. And so that's that's terrible. And we, you know, condemned it. And so some states are, are seeing that even though this entity shut down more than a year and a half ago uh, in all states, uh, they're concerned about consumer protection. And we are, too. And actually, those safe harbors that I mentioned at the top, many of those states use those exact laws uh, to shut this <clears throat> bad actor down. So the laws on the books do work. So there doesn't need any new laws. Mm. A less charitable view would be um, that anything that's not ACA marketplace insurance is a threat to them. Um, the Colorado that uh, I mentioned, they uh, instituted what they call a public option uh, at the beginning of this year, uh, which is basically an insurance policy that's run by the state that competes against private insurance. So anything that's competing against that is a problem. And actually, in Colorado law, if premiums don't come down in the insurance realm, then they can force them to cut their rates under that public option. And so um, that's our concern also with Colorado is that they're looking to eliminate anything uh, off the you know, market, even if it's not insurance, uh, to uh, help their public option uh, go forward. 
Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, you mentioned the ACA plans. That's the, the Obamacare plans, you know, and what we've seen since they started is just that they're just expensive. They don't have a lot of coverage in them. It forces a lot of the cost back on to the individual. And uh, health sharing ministries are a great alternative to these, and they've, um, they've been growing a lot. So if somebody wants to find out more about how to uh, join forces and how to uh, get off of the traditional health insurance treadmill and do health care the way that God intended, how can they do that? Yeah. So SamaritanMinistries.org, great place to start. Uh, Our guidelines are up there. There's all the details. Uh, Look through that. If you have more questions, there's a phone number on there. And I always tell folks uh, we have a great what we call membership development department. They love answering questions. And the other thing is they're there to explain Samaritan to you. They're not there to sell it to you. They really want you to understand it. They want to answer your questions. So I doubt if there's a question that you'll have that they haven't heard uh, numerous times. So if you don't find uh, what you're looking for on the website, give them a call. Great folks there. They'll help you out. That's good stuff. And what about pre-existing conditions? We we always get that question. You know, one of the things that Obamacare did was, you know, it said that you can get insurance even if you've, you know, got cancer or, or, or whatever else. Um, how does that work in a health sharing ministry? Sure. So we have to limit the way we take care of, of, of pre-existing. A um, couple different ways. Uh, on pre-existing, uh, if you go 12 months without treatment or symptoms, we consider that not pre-existing anymore couple exceptions like heart conditions and diabetes, those take a little bit longer. Um, but outside of that, we have what's called a special prayer need where it's free will offering to help out. The reason we have to do that is if we uh, shared everything, uh, the shares would be unaffordable for folks. And as you mentioned, that's what's happened with guaranteed issue and insurance that folks wait in, to buy it until they're sick. And that's why it's becoming more and more unaffordable. So we do help as much as we can, but there is some limitations on pre-existing. Yeah, that's a good point. The insurance term for that is called adverse selection. It means that you don't you don't want to pay your premiums for health insurance until you know you're going to use it, and that's what's happening with the with the government run programs. So, well, folks, I hope that you will find out more about Samaritan Ministries and if it might be a good fit for your healthcare needs. Go to financialissues.org and then you can click on the Samaritans banner. That will uh, get you right over to them and it'll get you their phone number you can call. So thanks for being with us today, Joel. You always bring such great information. Um, if you had one prayer request that our listeners could be praying for to help Samaritans, what would that be? Um, I will say specifically one of those safe harbors uh, was West Virginia, passed uh, right through the Senate, got to the House, and the chairman gutted it and put in one of these reporting type regulations. Um, so we would really uh, just ask for prayer that that gets restored to the original language, uh, which was much helpful to us. So uh, folks out in West Virginia, uh, definitely be praying outside of West Virginia. You can also pray that that, that gets fixed for us. All right. Well, folks, hop on over to financialissues.org and click on that Samaritan's banner. Then you can find out more about how to do health care God's way. This is where the church comes together and shares health sharing expenses.
After we take a short break here in just a minute, we're going to come back. We're going to get to the questions. We're going to get to the calls. If you if you want to be the first caller in the queue, get your call queued up now. Otherwise, we're going to um, become interactive and talk about everything that's happening on social and from the website. We'll be right back with more financial issues. I pray that in these trying times that I can lead him in a way that I know will leave a godly imprint on his heart forever. And to show her how to live a life that is pure. I want her to understand how precious life is and to to take care of his body. To eat right and exercise and understand that his body is a temple temple of of God. I pray that our family will love Jesus, read His Word daily, and obey His teaching. The values that we share should guide us in the way that we invest. Make sure that you are investing in companies whose policies and practices align with pro-life, pro-family values. Visit thetimothyplan.com or call for more information. Advance the kingdom in the way that you invest. People are talking a lot about healthcare these days. There are so many changes, so many questions. As Christians, where can we turn for answers? At Samaritan Ministries, we believe the answer is in Jesus Christ, working in the lives of His people, demonstrating Christian community by sharing each other's medical needs, scripturally, faithfully. Here's just part of Brett's story in his own words. When I reflect on Samaritan Ministries, the biggest thing that stands out to me is that we, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. It it, it has a profound impact on people like me and my wife. Brett is just one of more than 150,000 members who are sharing over $13 million in medical needs each month. If you'd like to experience what it's like to partner with other Christians for your health care needs, and you'd like to see what other members are saying, visit MySamaritanStory.org. Have you ever thought about banking with a credit union instead of a traditional bank? Not really, but I think my parents have a credit union account. Do you know the difference between a bank and a credit union? Mm, No. Banks are owned by stockholders, so they do their best to make profits for them. But credit unions are owned by their members, and the members see their profits through lower rates and higher interest on savings accounts. And at Christian Community Credit Union, our mission is to help members and ministries become better stewards and achieve their financial goals. Our mobile and tablet apps provide easy, safe, and convenient banking. It's like banking at your fingertips 24-7. When you bank with us, you're banking with someone who shares your faith and values. To get started today, visit us online at myccu.com. Christian Community Credit Union. Your money, building God's kingdom. The opinions and recommendations expressed on this program do not necessarily represent the opinions of the station or any of the program sponsors. Additionally, all products or services offered by the program sponsors may not be known by the program. 
Welcome back to Financial Issues Stewardship Ministries. So one of the things that we encourage you to steward is the Word of God. And so we're helping you do that today, reminding you that we are in the church season of Lent. And Lent is a season where we inspect our own hearts. We, If we do, we will find the sin that lies there. And the good news is that we have a remedy for that sin. So we're focusing on repentance. Our verse today is Acts 3.19, and the Amplified Version says it this way. So repent, change your inner self, your old way of thinking, regret past sins, and return to God and seek his purpose for your life so that your sins may be wiped away, blotted out, completely erased, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord restoring you like a cool wind on a hot day. So repentance begins with changing the way that we think. How hard is that? (laughs) I tell you, it is impossible without the intervention and guidance from the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is at work, not only in believers, but in unbelievers too, to convict us and convince us of our sin, missing the mark. And we're encouraged to return to God So when we are stuck in our own heads, uh, following our own standards, rocking our own truths, we are not with God, not because God has left us, but because we detach from God when we choose sin. Eventually, there will be a day when the door is closed forever. But for now, there is still time to repent before that door closes. So if we want the heaviness and the yoke, the heavy yoke of sin to be lifted from us, we must return to God. We can be reconciled to God through his sinless son, Jesus. Look at the promises here in this verse. Our sins will be blotted out, wiped out, removed from our permanent record, and we will enjoy times of refreshing Refreshing in today's technology, I think about refreshing the screen when something goes wrong and the screen's not working and you can't get what you want on the computer. You know, things don't work like they should. So we hit that refresh button. So instead of, you know, just trying to yell at the computer, stomp our feet, we get to hit that refresh button. And when we do, we get a reset. The errors, are removed and the page is restored to working condition. Well, we have work to do here in the earth. We need reviving and refreshing to bring the good news to those who need it to the, all the way to the end of the earth. But it's really hard to do in the bogged down, broken state that sin leaves us in. So let me encourage you today. Search out the sin in your heart. Repent from it. Hit the reset button and enjoy the times of refreshing that will come. Now, if you're doing that for the very first time today and you want to know how to make Jesus the Lord of your life, go to financialissues.org, click on our resources tab and select, do you want to know God? And you'll get some life saving information there. Well, let's get to a call before we come up on the end of the program here. Let's hear from Lynn. Lynn's calling from Oregon. Hi, Lynn. Good morning. I have a question about tithing, and it seems like I've heard you say and others that it is uh, 
if you can, tithe from like a 401k. I have a 403b um, because then it is you're using pre-tax money to tithe. Does that sound correct? Um, you're, you're on track there. So what you're talking about is called a qualified charitable distribution. Now, the first requirement for that is that you have to be 70 and a half years old. So if you're 70 and a half years old, I don't believe that you can do it directly from a retirement plan. It has to be an individual IRA. So most of the time, 403Bs, 401Ks, uh, TSPs, all of those retirement plans get rolled into an individual retirement account. And once you're 70 and a half, you can do distributions directly to nonprofit organizations from your IRA account. And if you report it correctly on your tax return, then that money that comes out of your IRA is one of the only ways to get money out on a tax-free basis. So do you mean the account that I have it with, which is kind of like a fidelity or something, it was something as as I was working, I put in a monthly amount and it was, you know, not tax money, it was put in and it's still held in that private um, investment kind of company. But I can't do that until, I can't do it a charitable withdrawal, so to speak, until I'm 70 and a half. Correct. You have to be set. That's the first requirement, 70 and a half. And um, most of the time when you retire, when you're no longer with that employer, a 403B can be rolled over into an IRA account and you can start to do that. Okay. So I'm no longer employed. So it must be in an account that is like that. Could be. Sometimes the plans will let you leave the money there. They don't necessarily force a rollover, but... um, That would be the the first step is just to check the type of account that you have. And what did you say it was called? It needs to be rolled over into an individual retirement account or a traditional IRA. Oh, traditional IRA. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And then is that something that can be done automatically, do you think? Um, you, what do you mean? Rolling it over can be done automatically? No, my if I make monthly payments, can they do that automatically? Will it? Will that company send that money directly to the church of my choice? You'll have to check with the platform that you want to use. Probably not. I know that some platforms will offer checks that you can actually write out, but a lot of times they will. Uh, they have a, a standard withholding amount, so they don't know if you're writing a check to the supermarket or to a ministry. So they'll they have a kind of a default where they'll automatically withhold some taxes that you wouldn't owe if you report it correctly and. Um, on your tax return so that it would be tax-free. So you might have some withholding. But um, the the best way that, that I think to do it is to do it kind of yearly or maybe quarterly or just, you know, as the Lord leads. I like to do it at the beginning of the year, um, especially if the organization that you give to relies on that monthly stream of income. You want to let them know, hey, I'm just going to be sending, you know, a a big check and this is going to represent my monthly giving for the entire year. Okay. All right. So I need to check with the company when that time comes and see how, what kind of things they allow for and can help with. Correct. 
Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Great. Thanks, Lynn. I'm, I'm glad that you're considering doing your giving that way. It is a, is it a great way to win in a non-qualified or in a qualified type of account because the way that you win there is to pay taxes at the lowest rate. So, so that is a... In, in, in this case, then, are you paying no taxes on it because it's going to that charitable organization? Yes. So you have to make sure that you report it correctly because what's going to happen is at the end of the year, your whatever platform you use, they're going to send you a 1099. The 1099 is going to report every single distribution that came out of your IRA account, and it's not going to make any distinction as to where it was sent. So um, you want that to happen because when you get to the time period when you have required minimum distributions, you want the IRS to know that you're taking out the appropriate amount because if you don't take out your full RMD, then you're taxed 50% on the amount that you should have taken out that you didn't. So your 1099 is going to report all of the distributions. Now, um, depending on the platform and how they do it, they're going to issue some kind of letter um, or some kind of notice showing where the money went if it didn't go directly to you. That's what you want to turn in whenever you turn with your 1099 to your tax person because there's a, uh, they have to report how much went to uh, nonprofit organizations uh, on the tax return. Otherwise, if you just report the total amount that's on the 1099, you're going to end up paying taxes on it, which totally defeats the purpose. Is that, does, does that amount, is that included in your RMD? So your RMD is just the amount that you are required to take out of your IRA account. So you you have to take out that total amount regardless of where it goes. So it can be sent to, to your bank account. It can be sent to a ministry. So what you give does count towards satisfying the RMD. Okay, good. Okay, great. Right. Thank you. Good stuff. Well, you know, folks, I know there, there's a lot of... Uh, even the financial community, uh, professional community that, that doesn't know about qualified charitable distributions. But if you're over 70 and a half or you're approaching that, I really encourage you to dig into that. Talk with your tax professional about that and um, see if that might be a good way for you to get some money out of your pre-tax plan on a tax-free basis. So... I don't know. Do we have time to get to anything on social media? Yeah, let's see if we can squeeze one in here, Shanna. Living on the edge here. This is fun. Um, David is saying, nope, we're going to do David. We're going to do Ted. He's saying, when can I start doing my charitable contributions from my Fidelity-held IRA account without tax on it? What documentation or procedure needed needs to be done for that? It's like the same question, Shanna. <laughs> Go for that it. That is the same question. So I would <laughs> say, uh, if you're listening, if you missed the previous couple of minutes, uh, rewind them, <laughs> because that's the answer to there the question. And there's a lot more information there than I can get to before the end of the, the program. And that's good, good advice for you all as well. If you missed... Uh, a good part of the program, you can always go back on our phone app or to the website and you can get all of the archived programs there and listen when it's convenient for you. Well, folks, I hear the music, so we're at the end. I'm here to remind you, time's getting short. The master's coming back. We're here every day to help you be found a good and faithful steward with all that the Lord has trusted you with. So come back for more financial issues.
we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production.